We're talking about Valentine's Day and generosity with Pastor Doug Rowland from Rock Island Bible Church. Good morning. Hey, good morning. Good to be with y'all. Yeah, you as well. Yeah, we haven't blown away yet. It sounds yeah. like goodness. It's uh, good to be here and happy Valentine's Day to you. Yeah. Me too. All right, this day we typically celebrate love and I think we can all acknowledge that in our culture it's become just incredibly distorted. What does that <laughs> yeah. mean? Or, or maybe just cheapened. We throw the word around a whole lot and yet we also know mm-hmm. that in the scriptures, Love is lifted up as a virtue, and we're told that we have this perfect picture of love in Christ who laid his life down for his brothers. And so we'll talk a little about that and what it looks like to be generous in laying our lives down. And so speaking of that, Ken and Deb, i got to ask a question about parenting, laying your life down, right? Mm-hmm. Do you know that kids are expensive? Oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> that was a little too enthusiastic, Ken. And as temper. they get older, it's more expensive. Oh, goodness. I'm not ready for that. I'm not in that season uh-huh. quite yet. I was hoping for well, some good news. Just uh, create a line item in your budget. Yeah, there it is. There it is. I mean, uh, basically we do. We have to lay our lives down for our kids. And it starts early, right, with things like diapers. And why don't we invest in diaper companies, right? We use so many of them, uh-huh. right? But I did a simple Google search because how my mind works. Like, how much? How much does it cost? I mean, I know they cost a lot to raise a kid from birth to age 18. Uh, any guesses? Throw a number out there. You got to guess, Ken. Uh, to 18. You All I was thinking is more year. than I had. More. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see. Um, I don't know. 25,000? I don't know. Oh, goodness. Well, uh, that uh, is almost close to an annual amount, actually. I was blown <laughs> away looking at studies oh here. The estimate was about 17,000 per kid. Per wow. year. Wow. As you're wow. adding, them, and that's not including savings, college funding, investing, all of that. Oh. So, over $300,000 to raise a child until age 18, which uh, makes sense when you consider, again, those diapers, <laughs> the meals, the sports, the musical instruments, the hospital visits, social events, on and on and on. They're expensive. And here's the thing that's one kid? That's, that's 17000 per year per kid. Per wow. kid. Wowzers. That's these are just averages. And so I need to t- I need to send an email to my kids and say, you know what, you need yeah. to be more appreciative. Look here's, an, <laughs> here's an IOU. <laughs> <That's right. Yeah. laughs> I mean, right? I mean, Deb went right to the spreadsheet. More than I had. That's what I know. <laughs> oh, she yeah. went right to Excel, right? But if you're looking at kids purely through a financial lens, you might never decide to have them. I think right. we yeah. maybe all remember yeah. that moment. But here's yeah. the thing: while good parenting costs you. In every sense of the term, emotionally, spiritually, relationally, and certainly financially. Any good parent will tell you their investment in their kids is totally worth it. That's right. It's worth it. Mm -hmm. And so with that said, I want to talk to you about generosity because what's true for the family is also true in the church. Sacrificial generosity is required. Mm -hmm. And so I want to talk about that commitment, the commitment we need to make in our lives and in our churches to be a people of radical Generosity. So we're going to be in the book of Acts, chapter 2, and in chapter 4. So, Deb, I'm going to ask you to start with Acts 2, 42 to 47. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done among the, through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common— And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. 
and the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. Amen. And Ken, why don't you take a look at Acts 4, 32 to 35 and read it for us. Okay. Now the full number of those who believed were of one heart and soul, and no one said that any of the things that belonged to him was his own, but they had everything in common. And with great power, the apostles were giving their testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. There was not a needy person among them, for as many as were owners of lands or houses sold them, and brought the proceeds of what was sold and laid it at the apostles' feet, and it was distributed to each as any had need. All right. Well, thank you for doing that. Obviously, there's a lot to say in these verses, but these two passages, where I want to focus is to highlight this pattern of generosity in the church that's really instructive for us today. And so this morning, I want to address our thoughts, our, our feelings, and our actions surrounding generosity with the hopes of not only creating a commitment of generosity in each of our lives, but, but a culture of generosity in the church. Mm-hmm. And so, in fact, our passages address these things as well, starting with thoughts and convictions. Like, what is it that we strongly feel, these beliefs that we hold surrounding generosity? So I'm going to phrase our commitment like this this morning, that we will commit to radical generosity because of how we understand the gospel. This is a foundational Mm. principle here. Uh, Generosity, or lack thereof, is a byproduct of what a person or community believes, I'll give you an example. Maybe you watch the show Hoarders. Hmm. I like these shows that get oh. into the human psyche, oh right? And just how people tick. And I was always fascinated by why people couldn't get rid of their stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, so much so they would bury themselves in material things and create passageways through piles and piles of excess stuff. And then inevitably, at some point in the episode, this belief would surface. Well, I can't throw that away because one day I might need it. Mm-hmm. Wow. And so it became clear that this person's safety, security, and significance was all wrapped in their stuff, and this belief kept them clinging to their things. Now, we can so easily maybe dismiss that as, well, that's not me, that's not me, but I want you to see how your belief impacts your generosity. Take take a look at this repeated description of the community in Acts where it says, all who believed. All who believed were together and had all things in common. Those, these kind of statements. I mean, these were the people who held all things in common and made sure that no one was in need mm-hmm. in their company. Now, this may seem obvious, but if we've got to ask, if their belief created such a radical generosity, then what did they believe? Now, good right Bible study tip here uh, to look at the context. Yeah. Where, where is this? So the simple answer for us is going to be the gospel, and it comes in the package of Peter's sermon laid out earlier in Acts chapter 2. I mean, he made it clear that Jesus was both Lord and Christ, that he was the Son of God, the Messiah who rose from the dead. He made it clear that the people could be forgiven and they could receive the Holy Spirit, and though they deserved the wrath of God, only faith in Jesus allowed them to be counted as righteous. They understood that Jesus came to give himself for undeserving sinners, and that the generosity of God to give his one and only Son was at the core of this good news, this gospel. And so it follows that a people who have received such great generosity should extend that same generosity to others. So start there. Make sure you have a full understanding of the good news of the gospel. We're never going to completely grasp it. This is this journey of walking with Christ, but then let Mm. that produce the fruit of generosity in your life. That's commitment number one at the conviction level. Commitment number two is this. We will commit to radical generosity because we love each other. Mm. 
Because we think about this in the church, right? That we are to be known by love. I mean, Luke describes the community here as being together Mm -hmm. in chapter 2, verse 44, which is the Greek word, you've heard it, koinonia. Koinonia, meaning that they not only saw themselves as a body of believers, but as a family. Mm -hmm. There was an emotional connection they shared to one another. Now, here's the thing. Luke uses the word together again, just two verses later in 246, but this time it's a word that means single-mindedness. This, this family of believers embraced a common purpose beyond themselves, and they lived it out in all kinds of distinctive ways. Acts 4.32 says they were of one heart and soul, unified not only in their beliefs, but in their common concern and affection for one another, so much so that no one viewed their stuff as their own. I mean, can you imagine a household, even with little kids, where the word mine doesn't pop up? No. You wouldn't hear it among this community of early believers. This fellowship, no one was holding to their things like that. It's such an emotionally charged word. I mean, we, each of us, so naturally curl our fingers around our stuff. And like a little child, our hearts cry, mine. What's mine is mine. Maybe even what's yours is mine, right? That's how it goes with my kids. I mean, too often we look to our stuff for our safety, our security, and our significance, just like hoarders on the television show, okay? We can't dismiss ourselves here. And it's why we are warned all throughout Scripture to keep a close watch on our heart's relationship to our stuff. Now, here's what's remarkable. Luke makes clear that in this early church community, their natural love for stuff, which is really true for all of us, it's a fleshly desire thing, that natural love for stuff was eclipsed by their love for one another. So back to the parenting analogy. Now, we've already established they cost a lot. Kids cost a lot. But we give, we spend, we invest, we save for our kids— because we love and care for them. That's right. There is an emotional connection to our generosity that overflows into how we live. It just makes it easy. Yes, the bills are still scary. Yes, I wish it didn't cost I understand that. But it overflows to them. How can we not help but do that? So let me encourage us all, right, to be thinking like that. Are we grounded in the gospel? Starting there. That we understand the grace has been lavished upon us, riches upon riches, Ephesians would tell us. How can we not help but be a lavish people in how we give ourselves to others and lay ourselves down? And perhaps, maybe because it's Valentine's Day, let your love for others show itself in acts of generosity. Now, not just with your stuff, not just your money, but with your life, your time your attention, your focus, all these kinds of things. And, and trust this, that when we love in this way, considering it is to be a distinctive mark of believers in this world, when we do this by laying our lives down for one another in radically generous <clears throat> ways, here's the prayer that the world will catch a clearer glimpse of Jesus. Amen. Amen. That's wow, right. What a challenge. Yeah, it sure is. Because mm-hmm. when you show love to somebody— um, I think it makes a huge difference. I just was talking with somebody here recently that, you know, they said as a single person that they've struggled for many, many years because it doesn't seem like anybody wants to, you know, be around them or invite them because they, first of all, maybe they don't know what to talk to her about because she's single or, you know, or anything like that. But she said that, you know, she's been uh, kind of 
hanging out with a group that said, you know what? We love you. Come on over and hang out. And it's made a huge difference just in our the, life. Set the table. And That's it's not, it, right? It wasn't, didn't take very much effort at all. It's just inviting the person and loving on them. Such a good word. You know? Yeah. And so that's what Christ is all about. Amen. Thanks, brother. Appreciate Thank you. it, as always.